Loved ones, as we gather tonight, we're in our evening series of the ABCs of Reformed Theology. Tonight's lesson will be a bit more brief tonight, but we're looking at the ABCs of Reformed Theology. Last week, we looked at U is for unction. We looked into that topic itself, the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that Christ promised for us as Christians. We saw that unction is that special accompaniment of God's Spirit upon a person, enabling them to speak the truth about Jesus with the demonstration of divine power so that hearts are made new by faith and drawn in love towards God and towards one another. And tonight, as we look at V is for vocation, we see a connection with that in the sense that Christ himself uh, was anointed with the Spirit of God. He had the unction of the Holy Spirit as, as a man to fulfill his holy calling, his mission here on earth. And that's what we'll be looking at, his vocation, and our vocation in that sense as well. So the scripture reading we'll consider tonight, if you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 to 58. First Corinthians fifteen fifty one to fifty eight. Hear now God's holy word for us this evening. The Apostle Paul says, "Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, that is referring to death, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound." The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has clothed, been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So far, the reading of God's word. May the Spirit bless us tonight again with insight, clarity, and understanding to apply this, uh, especially as we consider vocation. Well, in a really remarkable book, Robert Bella, in his book entitled Habits of the Heart, he writes that we are moving to an ever greater validation of the sacredness of individual expressiveness, the individual person, but our capacity to imagine a social fabric, a social reality that would hold individuals together, he says, is vanishing. The sacredness of the individual is not balanced by any sense of it, the whole or a concern for the common good. And we kind of saw this a little bit this morning in the sense that our culture is more and more erasing the concept of the sacred, of what is holy, what should be held, upheld as holy. And so these things that we once used to hold together as holy, as sacred, we no longer have in society. And Bella is saying that in its place, in the place of the sacred, the holy, which is outside of us, 
more and more what we are doing as a society is elevating expressive individual, individuality as sacred. So instead of us all in society upholding things that are objectively sacred outside of us, well, most of us now think that the only thing that is sacred is me, myself, and I, and my own desires, my own wishes. And Bella, he argues that if things are going to change, one huge measure is a reappropriation of the idea of vocation or calling, a return in a new way to the idea of work as a contribution to the good of all and not merely as a means to one's own advancement in life. And so that's what we'll be looking at, vocation. The term vocation in English comes from the Latin vocare, which means to call. And so like in a prayer of invocation, we're calling upon God to hear us and to respond to our prayers. And what Bella is saying here is that we need to think of our work, our everyday labor in life, what we've been called to, not simply as a means of self-fulfillment, and self-realization, which is all about ourselves, but rather as a calling that we have received from God, as a mission of service to others beyond our own interests, beyond what we seek for ourselves. And we need to see what Paul mentions here at the end of our passage in 1 Corinthians 15, that since Jesus himself came as a man to fulfill his vocation. His vocation of ultimately destroying death for us. Death has been swallowed up in victory through the death and resurrection of Christ. Paul says, therefore, because of that reality, because of Christ's completed vocation, he says, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And I want you to see, I want us to see what Paul is is saying there, what he's Uh, concluding that the promise of our future resurrection in Christ, it lifts our present labor, our work in the Lord, out of the tomb of vanity. We don't just work in this world for ourselves to, at the end of the day, be buried with treasures covering us, kind of in a bed in our grave. No, that's not the end goal. We don't just work in this world for ourselves. We work for the Lord with the hope of being raised up on the last day, to walk among the treasures of God's eternal kingdom with Christ in resurrected glory. The fact that Christ came with this holy calling that he received from his Father and fulfilled it, completed it, well, that means that now our vocational work for the Lord and in the Lord is not in vain. Our labor is not empty or pointless in this world. God calls us to serve him by serving others. And he equips each and every one of us with different gifts and talents, resources and experience in order to serve others in this world in unique and specific ways. You know, this was God's design from the very beginning, that we would work and serve and love others, that humanity would work with dignity and with glorious purpose, reflecting God himself. And so we can pause and ask ourselves, what is God's vocation? What is he called to? He is called to love and to bless. We can think of this even in eternity past, right? The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, three in one, they lived for this glorious intra-Trinitarian calling, calling each other in a sense, in the mystery of the Godhead, for all of 
inconceivable eternity past, calling each other to love and bless one another in perfect unity, perfect love. And then at some phenomenal moments in eternity past, which blows our minds, the mystery of it, God decided to create something outside of himself. Why? So that the love that the three persons had previously shared within the Godhead would, in a sense, like water in a self-contained fountain, would overflow to reach us, to bless others, to love us. And so he created in order to love, especially in order to love and bless humanity. And it was out of love that God begat mankind in the beginning, Adam and Eve. And he made mankind in his image to reflect his nature. Therefore, as God's love poured over, think of that, in creation, poured over to bless all of us, especially humanity, so Adam was called to pour out his own love to bless all of God's good creation and most especially humans. Now, how was Adam to do that? Well, as a prophet, a priest, and a king, he was to uphold the truth of God in this world. As a prophet, he was called to protect the goodness of God's temple, gardens like a prophet there. He was also called to cultivate the beauty of God's realm as a king. And in a word, man was called to be a glorified gardener in the beginning. And that was the first man's vocation, which is summarized in Genesis 1, 28. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And so we see that Adam was created to reflect the very vocation of God pouring over in love to bless all of creation, but especially humanity. And the Son of God, who was born as a man, came to fulfill that general vocation of humanity as well. But unlike Adam, in order to truly bless now broken humanity, broken sinners like us, the Son of God not only had to pour out his love to bless us, he also had to pour out his own lifeblood in order to bless us, to forgive us. And so too, Jesus was born with a special vocation, not just that general vocation, but the special vocation as our Savior, our Redeemer, to be the sacrifice for our sins. The ultimate self-giving in service to others in order to love and bless, we see in the person and work of Christ. And so when we think of Jesus' last hours on the cross, God wants us to see that he was there fulfilling his vocation. His traitor, the accusers, the Roman soldiers, they didn't take Jesus away from his job as a rabbi, as a teacher, a religious leader. They didn't force him to retire early by killing him. No, they unwittingly hired Jesus, in a sense, for his last job, his ultimate calling, his vocation. They tied him up to the true vocation that he had received from his father long before, and they nailed him to that calling as savior of the world. You see, that's what he came for, to pour out his love to bless us by pouring out that lifeblood in order to forgive us and restore us again. And what is more, after rising from the dead on the third day, he now pours out his Holy Spirit to bless us beyond mere forgiveness of sins. 
He doesn't just leave us forgiven. The Spirit is now renewing and transforming us into the image of God from one degree of glory to the next, so that again we might reflect Him and His glory. And now God is calling us in response to Him fulfilling His vocation. He's calling us to pour out our love in order to bless His creation, especially to bless other humans and those of the household of faith. We can think of it like this. Uh, kids, where are my little ones? Um, any little ones, if you liked, or if you're older and you remember this, playing tag, right? It's a very simple game, but it's a fun game, especially when you're a kid. When you get tagged, what are you supposed to do? Well, you're supposed to run and tag somebody else, right? And then they're it. Well, when God blesses you, with saving grace, you are supposed to go and bless others with the grace of God and the gospel for his glory. And so, in a sense, God has blessed you if you're in Christ, if you've received him by faith. He has tagged you with his grace and love, and now he calls us to go tag others and to bless them with our work and our service out in the world day in and day out. You see, God calls us to bless others in love, generally specifically and spiritually, generally in the sense that we're all called to be a blessing to those that we live among and live with. Others should recognize our love and service to them for the glory of God. Specifically, though, as well, in the sense that God has called each of you, each of us, in specific ways to bless others according to the gifts and talents and resources that he has given you in particular that he's made you in a very special, unique way to serve others in this world. You know, someone might have the gifts to be a good dairy farmer, and others might have the gifts to be a good lawyer. God calls each of us to work in doing something that is beneficial, edifying to our neighbors in this world. And God calls us to lovingly work in service for others in a specific way, not just a general way. And that is that, is that specific vocation that God has placed upon you. You know, a huge part of being a Christian is understanding what your vocation is, figuring it out and living in it and enjoying it and finding how to bless others through it. Because of what we work at with our hands and our minds ends up being a majority of our life, right? We spend many of our waking hours uh, working in this world. We work a lot. And so our Christian view Uh, What Christ has done for us really should change the way that we approach our work. And we see that we ought to work in order to love others. Not working just to get money, which is a selfish and twisted view of work. Uh, If you are working primarily for your paycheck and serving your own belly, you're serving your own desires and the God of money, not your neighbor and the one true God as you ought to. You see, vocation is all about using the gifts, skills, and resources that you were born with, that you have acquired in order to serve others in and out of love. And the money that we get in exchange for the labor that we put in is fairly given to us so that we can pay for the basic necessities of life for us and our own family and enjoy as well some rest and recreation. But that is not the primary purpose of our work. The primary purpose of our work, our vocation, is to love and serve others in the Lord. And we'll finish with this. If the only thing sacred in your life is you and yourself and your desires, 
then sure, go ahead, as Paul says, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. If you are the only thing that's sacred, then might as well live for yourself. But the story of Christmas, the arrival of Christ to fulfill his holy vocation, is like a splash of water on our face, waking us up to the reality that the sacred exists. Waking us up out of our selfishness. God exists. Jesus came. He died. He rose again from the dead. The sacred is real. Glory is real. Christ is coming again. There will be a resurrection on the last day. Therefore, as Paul says, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the blessing of this Christmas season as we consider how you called your own son to come and serve and love us, to lay down his life for us in order to forgive us our sins and restore us back into the dignity of the image of God. And we thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit, pouring out again your love in order to bless us and lift us up out of the poverty and misery of our sin with the great hope of glory. Lord, we ask that what Christ has done for us would change our work and our approach to our callings in life, that you would give us this this new perspective to see our work throughout the week as a way of serving others, blessing them and loving them in your name. Lord, may you give us this perspective, trusting your promise that our work, our labor in the Lord is not in vain because we will rise again with Christ on the last day and enter into the glories of your kingdom. And we celebrate tonight and we ask that as we continue to celebrate with this carol sing, that you would continue to bless us and be here present among us. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Loved ones, now as we prepare our hearts uh, for this carol sing, uh, receive now God's parting blessing as he sends you out and as we'll respond then appropriately afterwards with some songs of carols. Receive God's blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.